Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, Hi, David. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Uh, but before we do that, Rob, do you want to take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name in the of the Father, Father, and the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. You are an awesome God. Lord, help us, please, to, to pause, especially through this Advent season, to pause throughout our day to reconnect with you, especially in your word. And thank you for the gift of your, of your love letter that you left to us, uh, the, the gift of the Bible. And as we prepare for Sunday Mass, Lord, please um, just fill us, Lord. Fill us with, with a passion, with a zeal. Fill us with your love and your joy and your peace uh, so that this encounter that we will have at Mass with this gospel, with the Eucharist, and with our, our brothers and sisters there, we'll, uh, we'll just draw us ever closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. The reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis and Licinius, when, tetrarch, when Licinius was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went through the whole region of Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it was written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. When you shared that, Tom, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. And I was thinking, wow, where have I had that desert experience where I've really been devoid of Christ in my life and devoid of a relationship with God. And did I, when did I hear his voice? And you know, that happened to me 11 years ago. And I guess I call that my desert experience where I went for 46 years of my life and, and truly never heard in my heart, the word of God. I went to church as a Catholic, went to school as a Catholic, but only by name, not by true relationship, not just personal, but 
ever-deepening intimate relationship with God as Father, as Son, and as Holy Spirit. So that's what I, when I, when you said that, it's the desert experience. That's when I, I had 46 years. I think I was out in the desert wandering, the desert of this world that was devoid of the living water. But boy, once I tasted it, it changed me, changed my world. And, and you know what? Continues to change the world around me. And I become, as John says, a voice of one crying out in the desert. So that's that's what hit me as you were you were reading that. And and I was thinking the same thing, Dave. The the, the word of God came to John and, and I was just asking, uh, thanking God for his word coming to me. And, and like how did that happen? And I think we've all had a, a moment in our lives when then when we we're exposed to or introduced to or invited to dig deeper. You know, obviously at, at Mass we hear God's word all throughout the Mass, not just the readings, but until we Truly, um, truly enter into that relationship with God through His Word. It's it's different, you know. You're just there at Mass, as opposed to on your own at special time when you're breaking open His Word and allowing Him to speak to your heart. Uh, the Word of God has come to you, Tom, and to you, David, and to me, and to everyone out there, hopefully, uh, by invitation. And uh, you know, so I just thank God for placing that on the heart of uh, you know a person challenged me. Said, you know, we're Catholic all our lives. We don't even have a Bible. You don't even own a Bible. Uh, and that was the challenge. That was the, you know, the challenge slash invitation. And for a year, I uh, had a little daily devotional where it gave you a scripture verse and then you read it. Uh, and then there's a little accompaniment to it. And it just brought me into a relationship with God in a, in a way that I never had. And I was, I think, 32. So, you know, 32 years of my life without that and then for that one year I was like a little little baby sucking on the you know su- sucking on the the, the milk um, and that just prepared my heart for December 31st 2003 when I finally said yes but God's word in that that year of preparation he spoke to me he he comforted me he consoled me he guided me and then you know when I was in- exposed to the whole idea of surrender like that you have to make that that act of the will to say, yes, Lord, uh, I'm in, I'm in. You know, so God's word came to me and, and through his grace and his love and his patience, uh, it guided me for that year to prepare me to, to say the first, uh, the first true yes as, as an adult. And that's so powerful, Rob, because as a Catholic, I had really, truly never truly heard the word of God in my heart. I went to Mass, and there were words that were said, and there were songs that were sung, and there were, you know, psalms that were read, and and all these things happened, but I never heard them in my heart. It wasn't until I had that encounter in November 2004, just after, after you, Rob, that the Lord and the Word of God pierced my heart. And you know what? It changed me. And then I was like ravenous. I couldn't get enough of the Word of God. I kept digging into the Scripture saying, God, why do we believe this? Why do we go to a priest to confession? Why do we call priest father? I dig and dig. Why do we include Mary in God's plan of salvation? And I come to find out that every one of our beliefs as a Catholic finds its deep roots in sacred scripture, both Old and New Testament, and that each and every one of our beliefs, our dogmas of faith, are meant to bring us into not just a personal, but an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with God. God is our Father. Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, Our Father. Man, I never knew what that looked like. So now I realize I'm His Son. 
I can talk to Daddy. I can talk to God the Father through Jesus Christ. He opened those doors. And man, that relationship for me is growing every day. And then Jesus, God wants to, through my yes and my surrender, he wants to grow Jesus, the life of Christ within me, so that as John, as uh, St. Paul says, it's in Galatians, the letter to Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So do I bring the presence of Christ into my home, into the workplace, into the community, and I, yes, into the church? So for me, it's a daily journey. It's a daily journey, as Scripture tells us, to what? Deny myself, because me, myself, and I cycle with death. Pick up my cross. We all have crosses. We all have challenges. But don't just pick it up. Embrace it. Because it's through the cross that we grow and we're we're conformed more into the image and likeness of Christ. And then number three, follow Christ. I mean, I don't I don't want to drive. I want to follow him. I want to let him do the leading because he knows the way. He knows the way he wants to take me. He knows where the green pastures are. He knows where the fresh water is. I want to be shepherded by him. I want to follow his voice. I want to learn to know it every day in a more intimate way. And the only way to do that is to continue to consume it. God's love letter, the Bible, Old and New Testament, it's our daily spiritual food that we're to consume throughout our day so that we become more and more and more transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our calling to consume the Word of God so that we are then transformed every day, more and more. We're more and more transformed into that image and likeness of Jesus Christ. The heart and the renewal of the heart, renewal of the mind, that we have those hearts of mercy, compassion, forgiveness. I don't want to judge I want to love the way he loves unconditionally, and that includes my enemies. I need to pray for them, give them the greatest gift that I can give them. You know, David, you mentioned about our Catholic um, theology and our teachings and our catechism growing out of the scriptures. And, um, you know, if, if you if you go back in the history of the church, you'll find that, that the whole the whole catechism, the, you know, the compilation of the teachings really grows out of people reading the scriptures, you know, when the, when the stories were finally written down and then people would read the scriptures and they'd have different interpretations. And finally, you know, it says, well, you know, this, this guy is, is a local, you know, the priest or the bishop, uh, and then they are different interpretations. There's a finally, you know, they, they kind of came together under the, under the umbrella of the Bishop of Rome who was, you know, was given the authority to, to kind of make decisions. But all throughout the history of the church, um, our doctrine and dogma has always been proclaimed by the, the, you know, the Holy Spirit through the college of, you know, the, the ecclesiastic uh, college of, of cardinals or bishops or whatever it was at that time, because um, it evolved over a period of time. So uh, it really does grow out of I me. Mean, it's, it's an attempt to try to make clear what the scripture is telling us and what it's teaching us and where people have questions about, for example, the role of, of Mary in salvation history. 
you know, our our doctrine helps clarify that. So, the, but the interesting thing about that, as I'm kind of reflecting on this, is is that when we think about the doctrine and the dogma, a lot of times we think about that as kind of standing on its own. And in fact, probably the best way to use it is to take it back into the scriptures. And of course, the catechism is fully documented, and you know, it's got scriptural references, it's got reference to the early church fathers to go back and actually break open the Word of God now that I have this insight from the dogma, from the Scripture, or from the, uh, um, from the, uh, from the catechism, and help us to understand it more deeply. And I, I do that myself periodically, but I just never thought of it as something that you could do as a, you know, as a way to get yourself more deeply into the Scriptures. I usually do it to try to understand the teaching of the Church a little more deeply, but I think that's a very a good way to think about it. The other thing I wanted to point out is that for a, for a lot of the great saints, you know, the desert wasn't just a place of difficulty and trial and and temptation and conversion, but it was also a place where when they got to the to a certain point of sanctity that they left the world and went out to the desert. That was where they met God in a very special way. I think of you know, one of the early church fathers, I think in the 300s, St. Anthony the Abbot, who gave up everything, sold everything. His his uh, mother and father had died, and he took care of his sister. He put her in a convent with a, with a stipend. He, he sold everything that he inherited. He, he, he took care of his sister, and he went out into the desert, and he lived in the desert for like 70 years. And people would come and visit him, and but he met God in a very profound way in the desert and became really the you know, the monastic, um, the the forerunner of monasticism and of hermits. It's, we have a deep tradition of that. But so sometimes for some people, the desert can be a place where they go to, to meet God. You know, Jesus went out into the desert um, after, you know, his baptism to be tempted by the Holy Spirit to, to as the beginning of his ministry. So the desert can be a place of difficulty and strife and suffering when we're not close to God, but it can be a place where we meet God more deeply also when we are in communion with God. Right. And I'll tell you, what really fascinates me about the scriptures like we're doing today is you bring them forward to today and you apply it to your life now. Because when the word of God came to John in the desert, it changed him. And what's the first thing that he did? It says he went around the whole region of Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And when I got to that, I'm like, whoa, let's look at that. Is there truly is there truly forgiveness of sins without repentance? And in my heart of heart, I believe, no, there is not. Jesus Christ paid the price, the ultimate price. He took the punishment. He, he gave his life for each and every one of us. That free gift of salvation through what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us is there for us. But like any other gift, we have to receive the gift and we have to open the gift. And I believe for us... We're called to repentance. Repentance means to turn away from, to, to, to have that remorse of heart, the contrition of the heart, to say, Father, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the pain I caused you through my choice to sin. And it's, it's, it's a walking away from that sin. You know, when Jesus set people free from the sin in the Bible, we hear him say, and, and sin no more, and sin no more. So for me, it's a journey, but I need to go and ask 
for forgiveness. And I thank the Lord for the gift of the Catholic Church and these beautiful men who are priests who have been given the charism, the gift to hear our confessions, you know, in proxy for our Lord Jesus Christ in persona Christi so that God can work through them and give us counsel in that confessional to help us on our journey to what? To be set free. Because as we continue on reading this, John was a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. And I believe that's a personal challenge to each of us, to look in a mirror and say, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and reveal to me the 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 um, mountains, the hills, the valleys, everything in my life, the winding roads, which are all relating to sin in my life, which is not allowing you to have the straight path that you want to flow your love into the world. So for me, I want to prepare the way of the Lord and start with me and say, Lord, you know, do I have this in my life that's blocking the artery so that your love can't freely flow flow through me? So for me, I'm challenging everybody, look in the mirror, go to confession, that great sacrament that's free, that the priest gives his life to be able to do for you and be set free from your sins. You know, because... Jesus taught us how to pray, and it's interesting, the one line. It says in, a, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. And I think unforgiveness is the toxin and the poison of so many relationships, so many people's hearts. Unforgiveness to me is the unforgivable sin, because if you choose not to forgive somebody, Jesus taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. If you're not going to forgive them, God the Father's saying, I want to forgive you. My son paid the price, but you're choosing through your free will to hold on to that sin. And that toxic sin gets in there of unforgiveness, and it creates envy, jealousy, pride, anger, all these vile things that just turn us away from God again and again and again. So for me... I think this whole story we're reading here is a personal challenge. Let's get clean. Let's prepare the way of the Lord so that we can truly proclaim his love and that his love can truly flow through us into this world. His light can shine into this world of darkness and his living water can flow through us in this desert, a society that's around us. I just read something recently, I forget who it was attributed to, it said, uh, God made us without our cooperation, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody was, were, he didn't consult any of us on yeah. that one, but he won't save us without our cooperation, right? That we need to use that gift of free will to give it back to him, that, you know, and, and on a human level, what's the, you know, what hurts our heart the most is when we reach out in love and, and uh, that love's not returned, that hurts, and Jesus, fully God, fully man, he's hanging on the cross, human heart, aching for love. So when we give him the gift of our free will, where we're saying, yes, I'm in, I love you, I want to be with you, I want to be here praying, I want to be at Mass, I want to be here at Adoration, I want to get to know you, I want to love you more, I want to serve you more. Man, what a great gift we can give. And and, and this Advent, let's all pray for each other that each day we can we can specifically give gifts to Jesus of of using our free will to say yes to him, to say to, yes to obedience, yes to, to, to you know, reaching out, um, just saying yes, that cooperating with that gift of salvation, you know, that uh, 
you know, it, the greatest gift we can give them are, are yes. And you know, Rob, we look to our the model disciple, the first disciple of Jesus Christ. Who was it? It was Mary. She's the first to give her yes. And listen to the words that she says. She said, I am the servant, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. That same word that came to John in the desert. That same word that changes us. So for me, I want to go to sacred scripture. I want to go to the Bible. I want to live my life in 100% full surrender and obedience to the word of God that is life-giving. Jesus Christ said he came to give us life and give it abundantly. Well, that life he gives us is the spiritual life when we're set free from sin, from unforgiveness, from anger, from jealousy, from pride, from addictions. When we're addicted, we're just trading something that's worldly for that which only God can give, that only God can fill in that ache of our heart. So again, it's all about the Word of God and how it will change you. It will transform you. And as a Catholic who never read the Bible, who reads it now and loves the Word of God, who wants to keep delving in deeper waters all the time, I encourage you, Read every day. Read the read the Proverbs. There's one for every day of the week, 31. Read them. Let God pierce your heart with his truth and change you so that, the last line of this, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Do people see in us the fact that Jesus Christ set us free, that he, has, that he gave his life for us, that we are a new creation in him? Do they see the change? Are we people of joy? If we truly are being led by the Holy Spirit, which is what Scripture tells us, then we must exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. God says we're known by our fruit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, chastity. That's it. If you, that's the litmus test of our, of our walk. If we are exhibiting that, no matter the problems of our lives, no matter what we face, people are like, I want what you have. And that's what the flesh needs to see in us. The other people need to see in us. That, that encounter with Christ made a difference. You know, circling back to the to the idea of the the Word of God and the impact of the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God, you were talking about, you know, be it done unto me according to your Word, and the Word became flesh, you know, in, in her womb. Um, the significance of language we often don't realize, but, you know, here is a good example of it where... You know, Luke is is relating the story here, and he talks about the baptism. You know, John is preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And, you know, Jesus, in addition to the Our Father, he also says the measure with which you measure out with will be measured back to you. So it's the same principle of, you know, um, uh, you know for, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. But further on, and this is the, this is the genius of the, the brilliance of the Holy Spirit as it comes through Luke here. Well, that's Luke where he writes about the baptism of repentance. That's what John is doing. He's preaching his baptism of repentance. But then he goes into Isaiah and he pulls out a whole passage here that elucidates. In other words, it, it 
it brings us more deeply into the meaning of what John is doing here, because this is from Isaiah hundreds of years before, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his press. That's what we're supposed to do. So John is, 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 you know, is going around preaching a, a baptism of repentance. But he's basically, you know, um, preparing the way of the Lord, making straight his paths. And he's telling us that's what we need to do. And then further on, he says, well, well, how do we do this? What is it? Then the next, very next sentence is every valley should be made filled, you know, should be filled. So if we've got valleys in our life, we need to fill those in. If we've got mountains and hills, you know, if you're, if you're walking to get everywhere, every hill, you know, especially at the end of a long journey become, you know, I, I ride bike a lot of times I, I, on the roads that I drive on and, you know, you hit the gas and you go up the hill, but when you're on a bike, all of a sudden it looks completely different. You know, it's a mile long and it's taken forever, but it's the same thing here. Then these winding roads should be made straight and the rough ones should be made smooth. All of that happens as a way of preparing the way of the Lord. This is what we should do in our hearts is to smooth that way out for the Lord. And then when we do that, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. We shall see the salvation of God when we've done that work, that hard work in our life. And then we, as you, uh, you often bring out, David, when that love is flowing through our hearts, then it overflows to other people. And then in our world, all flesh can see it. But that all comes out of the word. This is the connection of, you know, what John is doing with the Old Testament, where it was foreshadowed, it was prophesied. And here it is just laid out for us. The power of the word, if you really listen and we're really attentive to it, can change our lives or enhance our lives incredibly, grow us more deeply, as you were talking about, Rob, grow us more deeply in that love of Christ. Because we just look at this, what God has laid out for us here on the table, you know, of his word. Um, and if that comes alive in our hearts and our, our minds, we're no different from from Mary when she says yes to the Lord, because the Lord grows in us, you know, the way he did in her. And with, with that, you know, as I look at this, Tom, is Jesus Christ's second coming has begun. Do you realize that? Mm-hmm. It has begun through each and every one of our yeses. Jesus Christ, in our uniqueness, is again coming into the world. Every time we say our fiat, every time, as Mary did, we say, I am the handmaid, the servant of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Jesus Christ flows in us, with us, and through us. And that's where Jesus Christ's second coming, it's begun through us. And I love what you say, Rob, is this. I am so grateful for Holy Mother church, because I can go to her catechism. I can go to her teachings to understand what does this biblical meaning mean? And so I can trade, and I love this, Rob, because it set me free. I can trade my opinion for obedience. Contraception, should I, shouldn't I? Excuse me. If I choose whether I should or shouldn't, guess who plays God in the bedroom? Me. I choose whether life or not life. I choose whether gift or not gift. That's not of God. That's going against God. Holy Mother Church has never changed her doctrine on this. Never. So again, I want to trade my opinion for obedience. I'm so thankful and so grateful for Holy Mother Church, who has not changed her dogmas in 2,000 years. Thank you, God, for the gift of your church. May God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. 
For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.